I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. Hugh, I'm going to speak my truth for every goddamn woman in this world. Hallelujah. <laughs> that had to have been the quote of Intimacy Week. Oh, it sure was. It was a strange week, though. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously it was a week that brought some couples together in a fake way. Mm-hmm. And some couples broke up. In, in a, a real way. In a real <laughs> way. It divided them, certainly, in a real way. <laughs> and some couples were just hidden away. I know, there were some couples that we didn't see a lot of at all during the whole week, and then they just resurfaced at dinner party. Yeah, they must have just been in bed the whole time or something. Well, listen, that's somebody who talking about being in bed and getting out of bed is we saw Jesse getting out of the bed with a real fear. He had the fear. He had something like the fear, all right. And he just wanted to change everything, didn't he? He just, everything changed about him. Ah, uh, look, at he just, I think he just realised that he let the anger get the better of him. And he had, I mean, he did have regrets about how he acted. He you did. know, and I, I think he did kind of look inside himself, in fairness to him, um, and decide that he really wants to put the effort into stepping up this week. Yeah. You know, he listened to what the expert said. Indeed. And, you know, and he was mortified. The quote probably from him was, you don't react this way if you don't like someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think further on in the episode that we kind of, we did see something grow between Jesse and Claire. I thought that Alessandra arriving on the scene and knocking on, on Claire's door and inviting him down to do the hug test and everything. Mm. Oh, no, in fairness, when they were doing the hug test and then it cut away to him getting the yick again, I was going, oh, no, Jesse, <laughs> not again. Don't sabotage this again. That was added in, though. I, I think they, they added that little bit in. They just got a little bit of facial expression. They put a bit of music in. How much of it was genuine now? Oh, I don't I'm know. And sure. the VT was kind of saying, you know, hugging Claire was a bit. Uh, uh, uh. I was like, oh, no, Jesse, shut up and stop talking, stop talking. Either way. They seem to have come to some agreement yeah. of some sort. Now, to a large extent, though, you could see right from the moment he got up that morning, if we're to believe what we saw, he had a change of heart. But it does seem that there was there was a genuine wish to try and reconcile even before Alessandra turned up. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I do. And, you know, and he then later on when he was saying that he, he actually acknowledged that he had a jealousy thing. Mm, and they spoke about that. Yeah. So he did kind of, he did look deep within himself and he, he really is trying this time. And I think we are seeing another side to Jesse. And it's refreshing because, you know, I just think the way he treated Claire over the last couple of weeks, that couldn't continue. It couldn't continue for her sanity. You know, I thought it was cruel what he was doing to her. So she's given him this final chance and fair pay to her for saying stay. You know, she obviously did see some potential that we didn't see in the relationship. And she's given him this chance and let's see how he how he how he goes with it. Yeah, just as you say it, I was I was questioning the jealousy thing initially because I thought it, it was just a reference to the night out at the bar and then the thing with Adam. But actually the jealousy, moreover, is his jealousy of Claire as a person. In that Claire does the things that he would like to do, only she does them even better. Yeah, and we did we did touch on that in one of the previous episodes here, but I, I don't think it's only that. I think he's jealous, jealous. He's going to be jealous anyway. He is jealous of her out with other people. He is, he was jealous of her with Adam. I mean, that was obvious. That was completely obvious. And that's why they had the big blow up. And maybe the big blow up, maybe that was just a catalyst. Maybe that was just a straw that broke the camel's back. So this had to come. You know, it's been building over the last two weeks and it had to come, had to explode. I see it slightly differently in that you frame the jealousy purely what most people think of jealousy in couples where one person is jealous of the other person with any contact with the opposite sex. The jealousy I see is a different kind of jealousy. It's jealousy of the other person in that you can't just sit back and admire their qualities. And I think this goes back to what he said on the pontoon during the honeymoon when he said that 
he has difficulty with that. And I think that's what he was talking about and recognising. So I, I just view it slightly different. Yeah, no, all I'm saying is he's a jealous person. Mm, so sure. Either way, story. we agree on that. So look, I think that, that he is actually making an effort. And I, I, I thought it was, I thought he'd come up with a really good idea when they were doing the date night yeah. with the bowling. Yeah. You know, I thought that was quite cute. And they, they were able to have that chat and they gave them kind of alone time to have that chat. And they did something fun as well. Yeah. And, and it tied in with Claire's character because she is a little bit of a tomboy. She's quite competitive. You know, it was more, it was them. Claire's idea of their kind of bonding was to go out crystal shopping. And I think she was really taking Jesse out of it. It was like a shit test really, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it she was. was taking him out of his look, comfort zone it, to see how he'd react. It was set up. The whole thing was set up. Uh, in fairness, he embraced it pretty well. For it, the right reasons, he did it for Claire. He kind of acknowledged that. Well, okay, I'm not really enjoying this. Not my thing, but I like seeing Claire in her element. What he's doing is he's letting down his walls. He's doing what all people need to do in relationships. They need to let down their walls. They need to make them, themselves vulnerable. The fact was, he was in this terrible relationship, it seems, from before. Some of it, I'm sure, was of his own doing. Whichever way, he needed to let his walls down. He needed uh, to make himself more vulnerable. He's doing that. He's kind of meeting her halfway. And in fairness to Claire, she, she has done all the compromising up to now. It's about time he got up off his backside and did it. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I just have to say it was it was funny when we saw him during Alessandra's um, sex workshop. He was like he was like a deer caught in headlights. Well, I, I think what I think the point he was making was uh, he could take he thought he could take a lot of this stuff, but she was obviously given more and more, and his sponge was super saturated. I know, and he was loving it at the same time. Like <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He could see that he was like really interested in what yeah. was going on. Yeah, and they might even get a chance to put some of that into. Into play then later into, on. Into like, play. Into, well, you know what I mean. Okay. Sex play. Yeah. We, I, I, that is one thing we did say. Uh, have they been intimate? We don't know. No, we don't know. I know no. we discussed that. And, and I don't I don't think they had a chance to be intimate unless they were intimate before they went on their honeymoon. I don't think that they could have been intimate on their honeymoon. No. And have they even spent any time together, living together as a couple when they got back from honeymoon? Yeah. And there's really not much question mark over that, funny enough, isn't No, there? nobody's it's querying it. Been, nobody's no asked. I don't think, in fairness, when you were on the couch last week, they were in such a bad place. Nobody dared. Oh, by the way, did you have sex? There's no spotlight on it. Yeah. No spotlight on it whatsoever. It's fine. But Well, I think Alessandra might um, might ask a question this week. Okay. okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So this brings us on to Bronte and Harrison, your favourite couple. Oh. And I kind of want to get them out of the way, to be honest please, with you, because I please. just can't bear talking about Can them. Can we speed through it some way or other? Or, oh, or, it's oh, like it's just we? going from bad to worse with these two idiots. Um... Every week, it's just becoming more and more obvious that they're just on for the fame, that they're just on for the followers. Mm. Um, you know, again, we saw Bronte again feeling blindsided and, and felt that, you know, she was confused, wondered why he'd write leave. OK, well, we got all the same. We got all the same themes and all the same action. We just got a slightly different movie in that this time he flipped the script again and he said that she was gaslighting him. And he accused her of gaslighting uh, over the text. Over the text where she said, you literally said, I'm not leaving. And he said, I didn't say that. Where did I say that? (laughs) And she opened the text and said, it says, I'm not going anywhere. Well, that's not, I'm not leaving. 
oh, you're putting words in my mouth and you're trying to change things and you're trying to manipulate me and all this crap. Like, seriously. And then he comes out and that's, you're, you're gaslighting me. Like, that's, that's classic gaslighting. Yeah, that's like, what he said. Seriously, yeah. what is wrong with this guy? He's unbelievable. So Bronte called him a narcissist and, and I did kind of Google, you know, what is a narcissist afterwards? Yeah. And that's a classic, that is classic Harrison, if you ask me. So yeah, that was interesting. Bronte leaves crying again. And I think again, I just loved when she said, you're bathing in Windex, mate. I can see right through you. <laughs> again, a good quote. But Linda, do you not think though the whole thing was very, very set up? Very, I don't think that staged. part was. I think that she was genuinely upset at that part. And I think at that part, she was probably going to throw in the towel, which then really surprised me when after she refused to go on the date night with him and he oh, he brought her photograph around. It was just so pathetic. It was yeah. just so like, I don't know. It was. Oh. He was making sure this time, as he thought, that when the show comes out and when the, the footage comes out, he could say, I did my bit. I went on the date. It's her that's not playing the game. Look at me. me. I'm such a wonderful guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he I did everything that. I could and, and she just, she refused to engage. You know, he genuinely thinks that. He, this is this is going to shame her. And you know something? He was kind of right. He was right. Because guess what? She knocks on his door. Again, of course she knocks yeah. on his door. She's yeah. always knocking his goddamn yeah. door. Because he knows at the end of the day, she's going to come back. Now, he thinks she come, she's coming back because he's such a great guy. The reality is she's coming back because she wants she to stay wants, in the show. Absolutely, show. she wants to stay in the but, show. And you see, that's what confused me. She was so upset after the row over the, the whole him accusing her of gaslighting and things like that. And then she refused to go on the date. And next of all, she's knocking on his door saying she's going to give him another chance and they want to start fresh and clean slate and everything. It's just like, Bronte, what are you doing? Hmm. You know, again, yeah. you know, we said this last time, how many times does he have to tell you he's not interested? How many times does he have to show you? And here you are, being a doormat again. His phrase, wasn't it, was that she has some making up to do, wasn't that the phrase? He did he say something about that and that was yeah. a piece to camera. Although um, he went in and they had a chat and they were saying, okay, uh, clean slate and all of this. And she was saying she just wants to touch on the gaslighting and she wants to move on and make a fresh start and all that. And he turns around and he says, well, you know, I'm not holding anything against her. Like, like, seriously. And he wants to seek some commitment from her. She did the right thing. Linda, I... I, Coming to me. I think think you're just buying all this. At the end of the day, they used Alessandra's task to say that was the start of them coming back together. They decided they were going back together. They decided they were going back together long before Alessandra's task. Yeah, no, I know. And even Alessandra's task was just a bit pathetic. Yeah, a bit of eye-gazing. Yeah. Listen, it's important. A, a little it bit makes, of eye-gazing. It makes you and vulnerable and all that sort of thing. And it does bring a couple closer together and ask questions of them. And there's no doubt about it. It has its uses. But it's not going to bring a warring couple like Bronte and Harrison together in real life. Well, it did. It did. Because when they were going to the dinner party then, they... Show the United Front. Yeah, but they did that the week before, Linda. I know, but this time it was just pathetic because Harrison got embroiled in all of that super seedy stuff about going out with Dan and, you know, getting a girl's number. And that showed him out to be an absolute liar. Okay, mm-hmm. that really, look at, he broke, he broke Bronte's heart. He was really rude and obnoxious to Bron- Bronte. And now he's actually been rude and obnoxious to the guys. So he broke, broke code. He yep. threw Dan under the bus. But can you not see, if you look at the, what happened overall, it's exactly the same as last week. It's Groundhog Day. They have their rows. They accuse each other of gaslighting. They're having a big barney. And then just before the dinner party and coming up to the dinner party, they say, we're going to go in with a united front and we're going to stick together no matter what. Now, and they, she stuck by her mind yeah, again. But, well, this time they succeeded. 
In their view, this time they succeeded. Well, they did succeed because, again, yeah. I think there was another toast to the one. She stood up and gave her speech and said, oh, you know, girls are going to find my man attractive and he's a good looking guy and everything. And I'm OK with that. Like, I trust him. Don't pleasantly. waste any more time oh, Jesus, on them. They're just fake, fake, fake. OK, so we'll move on because they're actually I'm getting annoyed again. Yeah. And, fake, um, fake. Yeah, OK. Fake. So Josh and Melissa. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Ah, Josh and Melissa. Josh and Melissa are genuine, genuine, genuine. They're genuinely in, in a crisis situation. They genuinely need help and outside intervention. I think they generally, genuinely need help from um, Alessandra. Yeah. And yet Alessandra was nowhere to be seen. No. You know, they had made a decision last week to take sex off the table so they can work on their other issues and become more intimate and get to know each other. Then Alessandra says on the couch after like like one day or something, oh, basically we need to put sex on the table. That's all Melissa needed to hear. That's all Melissa needed to hear. Well, she and said, she's, whoa, quote, no, sorry. She said, intimacy is back on the table. If Melissa took that to me in sex, that's it. That's Melissa's own thing. But Alessandra actually said intimacy is, is back on the table. And what, what she has been at pains to say is intimacy and sex are not the same thing. Well, unfortunately, Melissa still thinks they are. To go back to Alessandra, though, and Intimacy Week, the fact that they had separate meetings with the boys and girls, right, which was very childish. It's something that you do with 12-year-olds. The fact that they had separate meetings like that really was very detrimental to Josh and Melissa in particular. They could have done one a meeting together. Absolutely. They needed Alessandra. They needed kind of one-on-one time with Alessandra. 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah. just thought it was interesting that Alessandra didn't um, didn't contact that couple at all. So it didn't give them any advice. They are a great example of a couple who are literally rubbing each other up the wrong way. What was their task during Intimacy Week anyway? Oh, yeah, they were to do, well, they did the Lego. But that was a date night thing. Uh, yeah, but the date night was part of Intimacy Week. Yeah, I know, but they all had the task like gazing into each other's eyes or kissing for five minutes or... I don't remember anything else. No, I don't remember anything no, else. they didn't need it. They, they were gazing at the ceiling in bed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they seemed to get on so well with the Lego, right? And it, more importantly, they were talking about things. She was talking about her childhood. Now, it has to be said, Linda. And she seemed really positive as well, Hugh. Like it, she was commending him on his choice. Of it needs to be said, though. Josh should have picked up the ball then. And he should have been at least a little more tactile. It seems that Josh is not in the least bit tactile. I disagree with that. Okay. I think Josh, Josh at this stage is afraid to be tactile because any contact between him and Melissa, she will construe that as being an advance towards sex, an overture towards sex. So I actually think that he's actually afraid to hug her or kiss her or touch her because she'll be rubbing her hands together going, whoa, quick, great. Let's jump into the sex and have sex. That should have been addressed a long time ago. It should have been. And it should have been addressed by Alessandra. I suppose it should have been addressed by Josh too in the first instance in that they, if they had proper communication, they could have laid down a few ground rules. Put it like this. They took sex off the table, but they didn't replace it with anything else. Mm, I think that Josh really tried to to get in. He tried to talk to her and he tried to kind of get to know her likes and dislikes. And and I know you're going to take the piss out of me for this, but even things like, you know, going to the shop and getting her English muffin, her sourdough English muffin. Mm. That is just getting connecting on a different he, level. Well, he was. Acknowledging that I know what yeah. you like and I'm doing this for you. So it's like an act of service. I, I hear you. No, he, he was. He was trying to compromise. Only in her mind, groceries can't be sexy. That's what I'm saying. Everything comes back to sex. Everything, even when you were doing the goddamn Lego cue, it came back to sex. But hold on. Well, actually, well, I was going to make a different point. I was going to make the point. We have a satirical website here in Ireland called Waterford Whispers News. And Waterford Whispers News are famous for their headlines of their posts. And the post was, couple holding hands in little need to get a life. And Linda and I laughed because we hold hands in little sometimes. 
Maybe we need to get a life. <laughs> Maybe we do need to get a life. But groceries can be sexy. Groceries can be part of your relationship. Everything should be part of your relationship. Everything should be about bonding and making a connection. And even if he was, he, that's what she couldn't see. She couldn't see that his compromise, as you say, it look, it's a tiny little thing. And maybe to others, it's very insignificant. But what you've got to do in that sort of scenario is be open. He's trying to make a connection and to build on that. Well, what she could have done is just put her, his, her hand on the shoulder and saying, thanks, honey. Yeah. Simple. Oh, look, thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate this. Yeah. 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 But instead she was saying, oh, my God, he's out buying groceries and talking about groceries now all we're doing is talking about toast yeah. and bread and butter and we should be talking about sex that's exactly because intimacy to her has to involve dressing up and vibrators and I rest my yeah. case yeah. yeah and that's why I think Josh Josh is at a stage now where he is actually afraid to make any contact with her at all because that will be construed as an overture towards sex mm. and that's why I think he's not being te- tactile I think he probably is a tactile person and we certainly saw in previous episodes that he was tactile <sighs> I suppose look Look, they're both at fault. They are literally speaking two different languages. They're not hearing each other. They're not understanding each other. And they're certainly not coming to any kind of a compromise. compromise. And they're not resolving anything. As you said um, in a previous episode, there's no resolution to the rouse. No. They have roused, they walk away. There's she, no resolution. She said, we'll take sex off the table that time. That time when they were on the couch and they had the big thing over the job and all that, that she'd know what his job was. Okay. He, she said, we'll take sex off the table. They didn't put anything back on the table. That was the problem. He went to bed, didn't make any other further compromises or any well, other they discussion. Had that, they had that row where she was like literally giving out hell to him and saying, you you know how to have sex, but you don't know how to love. And she gets yeah. nothing from him. And you need to show me then what intimacy is if, you, if we're not having sex. If it's not sex, you need to show me what yeah. intimacy is. But Linda, when two people are shouting at each other like that, they're not going to come to anything then. The time was when she said, right, we'll take sex off the table. What do you want to know? And what That was when he said, I'd like us to talk more. I'd like us to do an activity together, to know each other better. Or maybe he has said that. We don't know. It's all in the edit. It's all in the edit. But all I can see is when she was kind of launching into that diatribe and was sitting on the sofa and he tried to interject three times saying something like, let the record say three times. And he mm. never made his point. But then Josh did what Josh does and he goes to camera and he did his piece to camera and he made his point then. Josh, this is what you should be saying to Melissa. I mean, she's riding him bareback. You know, she's just not giving him a second <laughs> And he's allowing it. She'd like to be. (laughs) He needs to kind of stand up and needs to say, okay, when you're finished, I'm going to have my say. Because he is having a say, but unfortunately he's saying it to us, the viewers, and not to her. So she's still blissfully ignorant. What did you think of the two scenes? The one where the two of them are sitting in bed looking up at the ceiling and the one where he's going through the sex toys and she's sitting over there with the remote control on the couch looking at a blank TV with an, with an empty cup in her hand, by the way, as you rightfully know. Twice I think I saw an empty cup in her hand yeah. during that um, that episode. Yeah. yeah and I was what did you think of those? Do you think they're an insult to our intelligence? Yeah, I think they were so contrived in fairness. Both of them were so contrived. The one where they're just lying in bed and he's actually smiling and then she comes up like something like oh you don't cuddle sorry what you know oh I'm used to my men saying good morning beautiful and, and cuddling me etc <laughs> oh sorry Melissa are these the hump and dumb boys that you've been sleeping with <laughs> your toy boys your sex toys that you were talking to about in, in the initial episode yeah 
So they cuddle her. They cuddle her before they leave. Yeah. I don't think they even stay, Melissa. And she was quite open about that. She just uses them for sex and then they go. She hasn't had a boyfriend. She hasn't been in a relationship. So how much cuddling was she getting? You're just screaming at that screen so many times for somebody with a bit of sense to intervene. Now, that's what used to happen at the commitment ceremonies back in the day, that somebody would intervene or there would be an intervention. There'd be a knock on the door. There'd be a couple in crisis and there'd be a knock on the door. There's been no knocks on the door, Linda. No, there's been no knocks on the door. You're right. I'm a little bit disappointed about that. I just don't think that they're... I I think that couple, I still do actually think they have potential, Hugh, but I just don't think they're being given a fair crack at the whip as such. If they went to counselling in the outside world, they'd stand a far better chance. Yeah, I do think so. And I think, you know, that I don't think that Jeff is averse to sex. He no. was going through the no. toys. I know he was making a joke out of and things like that, but he wasn't disgusted by them by yeah. any stretch of imagination. And, and the last thing I think I'll say on it is I do feel very sorry for them. To my mind, they haven't been outside that apartment once. They've been locked up in jail. Yeah, basically they have. They? Yeah, you're right. Have they had one Apart scene outside? Apart from him going out uh, shopping to get the sourdough, sourdough. And he said, I was out shopping today. Like he oh, did he say did that. actually yeah. get out. Well, I didn't know whether they get out because sometimes they used to get groceries in. Do you remember that? Yeah, but she did. Well, he that was during COVID really right, okay. but I think um, he I don't think they did it together and as you said if they're a couple they should be doing everything together Yeah. well a lot more than they're doing apart from having sex well if you're trying to build a connection and you're unmarried yeah. at first sight we're yeah. not saying all couples in the outside world should shop together although it helps <laughs> okay look let's move on to um, the very interesting sex workshop workshops that Elis- um, Alessandra had organised sex workshops oh my god yeah go on what do you think I, I just uh, I just I, think it was odd that she did one for the girls and one for the boys mm. I think it would have been much more beneficial if she had couples in together I know she wasn't going to have 20 people in a room that'd be ridiculous but even do two workshops with 10 couples each I don't know like or, or five couples each again the quote of the sexual workshop was you have to get a warm fuzzy heart to get a warm fuzzy body I thought that was cute I thought that was good <laughs> I did and she was obviously really good because they were so in awe of her you know the open and confident way she was talking about sex but she is a clinical sexologist that's her job just to get back to the separate thing the separate uh, workshops that in some ways that enforces sexism it enforces sexism that men need to be told different things than women she dealt with just the stereotype men and she dealt with the stereotype women oh I don't know. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I think she builds stereotypes. I think, in fairness, they do need to be told different things when it comes to sex and sexual workshops. Yeah, but maybe like in the same room places. together. Maybe in the no same harm. room together. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was really funny when Harrison made that quote to Cameron that he could teach Alessandra something. Oh, look, it was just him being Give a, me a break, Harrison. T-I-C-K. Yeah, exactly. Melinda and Leighton. Slowly and surely, we are getting more and more of a picture of Melinda and Leighton, aren't we? We are. Yeah, and you know, I think... In fairness, they're they're a very real couple because they have their ups and downs. They do. They do. Melinda wasn't so sure, though, about the whole sex toy thing when Alessandra was showing them. I thought, yeah, that was very interesting the way she was kind of saying, oh, you know, I'm not sure that I want to use these sex toys because I feel that it'll, if I have the sex toys, I won't need my partner. Yeah. And actually, that was probably the only useful thing I thought that that Alessandra's workshop uh, showed in that that's a genuine thought that a lot of women have, I'm sure. And that is a problem for some couples with a sex toy and a gen. I think a genuine concern that they'd have. That you either have one or the other. You either have your sex yeah. toy or your man. Yeah, some people would. Some people do think that way. Yeah, some people um, do, yeah. She dismissed it anyway. Well, just getting back to Melinda and Leighton then, I think that, um, yeah, so they had that eye-gazing task. Yeah, it, it just wasn't his thing though, was it? I just don't think, I think he's a fairly logical mind. And I just 
don't think that he got his head around the fact that, you know, you could have intimacy gazing into somebody's eyes. I think he thought, oh, this is a waste of time. Why are we doing this? He has a wall up, though. Again, he has, he still has walls up and he needs to get his walls down. Melinda needed to get her wall down about his looks and about what he'd said about the money and all that. And another wall she has is that you need absolutely initial attraction. Otherwise, attraction can't grow. She no, took no, her walls down. She's acknowledged that it can grow. She said it at the couch Yes, last week. that's what attraction I'm saying. She took her walls down. He's not taking his walls down. I think he has to acknowledge that he does have walls. And I think he has to acknowledge that, you know, it's not always your way, Leighton. So other things might happen that can that can benefit your relationship. You don't know it all, Leighton. I think he maybe thinks that he knows it all. He has this sussed. So look, they did do the task, even though he only wanted to do it for three minutes. And she was going, no, no, we've told you to do it for five. So we'll do it for five. She really wanted to do it. I think she is maybe a little bit more emotionally intelligent than he is. She saw the benefits and um, he had to be convinced. Well, she's more emotionally intelligent in in this case. We've always said before that uh, Leighton was more, way more emotionally intelligent than her. Did we? I don't know whether we did or not. I think we said that both of them had a degree of emotional intelligence, Luke, in <laughs> fairness. And both of them do have a degree of emotional okay. intelligence. What they don't have is cop on, or what he certainly doesn't have is cop on. He'd actually want to get a bottle of cop on. <laughs> what I mean, was that whole situation with the toaster? What in the name of God? That was embarrassing. <laughs> yes, but I, I wasn't thinking of the toaster. I was thinking of him uh, and the outfits. If you're going to take a woman off on a surprise date, in fairness, women have to make way more decisions than men as regards to clothing and shoes and all that so he should have been a little more uh, forthcoming yeah I, I know yeah I do agree with that Hugh and I can imagine how frustrating it was for her because I know you know if you were to come to me and say Linda we're going to meet up with my friends we're going to do something from your life and the first thing I'd ask you is what what do I wear? Yeah. What's the dress code, Hugh? What are do your friends smart, wear? Are we talking about what smart casual? Like? Yeah. You know, what, what, you talking, what do they wear? Absolutely. What are we yeah, What's I, this place like? Yeah. Is, I mean, can I wear a car to bar shoes? <laughs> yeah. You know, are we actually going to get dropped right up to the bar and I won't have to work where? <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah, I'll be, I'd be obsessed with that. So not knowing where I'm going to go or what I'm going to do, that it would be like freaky for me. That would be just anxiety ridden. It had all the hallmarks of a car crash date because they ended up being an hour and a half late. Another thing, yeah, absolutely. But it didn't. Um, you never have that situation. You never, I'm never late with you. You have to acknowledge that, you. Okay. You know, when okay. you're good looking, you don't need much help. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so anyway, getting back to reality. Um, so they arrived at the Latin dance lesson. Yeah. It was, which I t- that was a really good date. It was a good date. Well, you see, they, they'd done a bit of dancing together at, at the wedding and they did a flashback, didn't they, to that? And they so it was a good thing for them to do. Uh, they seem to be in a fairly good place. They do. I think that was a real bonding experience for them. It was something they both enjoyed and it was intimate and it was sexy. So they really both enjoyed it. Um, and I think we left Melinda and Leighton in a good place. We didn't see a lot of them in fairness. No, but here's the thing. Their relationship is growing week by week. And I think if we're to judge by previous series, that's generally the best way for relationships to come along or as John would say, travel along. Yeah, it does seem to be. And I think that any hurdles that they are coming up against, they are talking about them and they're overcoming them and they're compromising in a lot of ways yeah yeah so that's maybe a positive um sign for the future okay who are we going to talk about next so are we going to talk about Alyssa and duncan yeah i think we should i think we should oh god i have a lot of problems with Alyssa. yeah i do too i think Alyssa is <coughs> not one bit genuine i just 
she needs to, it's like as if she's a schizophrenic. Yeah. You know, and. and Two different personalities. Yeah. Let's, let's rewind back actually to a previous episode when she came out with the whole revelation about an affair. At that stage, we hadn't had so much of the whole Mormon thinking from her. So we didn't kind of spot the disconnect. I can't understand how Duncan didn't say, you have all of this inhibitions and have problems with intimacy and have a view on what you should talk about and all of that. And yet you had an affair for six months with a married man. Hugh, when she was going into the sexual workshop, she actually was saying things like, oh, I'm going to vomit. I feel sick. Mm. You know, she was. She didn't say that during her affair for six months. That's exactly what did she do during her affair? Did she sit down and play tiddlywinks? (laughs) Ludo. You know, it just... Like, I, I, I'm i sure if she was having an affair, there was sex involved. And it yeah. was sex with a married man mm. who was not her partner. It was promiscuous sex. Oh, let's yeah. Let's face it. Yeah, in presumably, I don't know, hotels or quick flings here and there. Cars, absolutely. Yeah. Where yeah. would you get a chance? Yeah. And I, I think that's what an affair is. Like, I'm assuming that's what I you I don't know. Do. I've never had one with a married person, so I wouldn't know. But there you go. Okay. Um, so look at, and then she kind of comes across as this other person where she has so many inhibitions around sex and she's so reluctant to talk about it and this kind of stupid giddy laugh and this kind of childish thing. And yes, when they were doing face. the task, she had no problem grabbing him, pushing him over and getting down in the bed. She initiated that. Shall we lay down? And she was well into it. I mean, she was well into it. Well, Alyssa. the real Alyssa stand up. I know. Yeah. Like, and this Mormon thing as well. Oh, God, everything is Mormon, Mormon, Mormon. If you are playing Married at First Sight Bingo, have a Mormon square on your bingo card because you will take it, I guarantee you. Yeah. Alyssa plays the Mormon card. She doesn't mind playing <laughs> She doesn't mind playing the Married at First Sight card and the Mormon thing doesn't come into the fact that she's on national TV. So she mightn't want all of that in the Mormon newsletter, but it's going out on Channel 9 on national TV in Australia and around the world. Yeah, and again... She was brought up as strict Norman, yet her dad came out as being gay. Yeah. So she has encountered that. She has lived through that. Mm. I don't know. It's just a, a very kind of a an unconvincing image of Alyssa that we're getting. I, I think there's more to that story. Is she still in contact with her dad? Is she still in contact with her mom? I mean, if I was matched with her in the morning, okay? Well, she does look to be quite close to her mom, I think. Yeah, but where's the dad in all of this? I mean, that's a huge part of our life. It's a huge part of anybody's life. When when you and I first met on our first date, one of the things we talked about was our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our families, how many people was in the family. I think a lot of people would discuss that. That's one of the first things that people like to get to know. Yeah, I look at, well, she's talking about her grandmother. She's talking about the the um, the bigger family. Um, so we'll see. But in, not in fairness, Hugh, there's one thing that I would like to know, and that's Duncan. I, I know nothing about Duncan. Nothing Dun- about him. Duncan is the mystery man. Isn't he? I know that everybody, and again, I call this from day one, so I'm going to own this. I thought he was a fine thing from day one when we were doing the first episode of Meet Participants. Women seem to find him very attractive. I, I couldn't get beyond the ears myself, right? But women do seem to find him very, very attractive. Well, I, I'm finding him less attractive now, Hugh, in that he doesn't appear to have a brain to match his looks. Well, you're unusual. I think for a, for a lot of women, uh, it seems to be the case that the less they know, probably the better, because then, then there's less chance of you getting a nick. Yeah, I think we both acknowledge I'm a safety file. Yeah, well, 
We both are. We both are, absolutely, yeah. I just, there doesn't seem to be any substance and we don't know anything about him. We know nothing about him. No. And we're not learning about him. It seems to be all about Alyssa. It's absolute tumbleweed because I said it to you last night. I said, what do you know about Duncan? Am I missing something? I, mean, I know he has a chisel jaw. <laughs> no, other than how he looks. Nothing. I know nothing about him. I know he can cook. Well, can he cook? Can he, he cook? me platter. He looks good with the apron on him. Yeah, and without the apron. Just saying. <laughs> We, t- we should probably move along move along now in fairness okay we'll get bogged down on that Ollie and Tani Ollie and Tani yeah. they were really one of the couples that were hidden ah uh, they were yeah but they're like it seems terribly uncomplicated for them but maybe do you know what maybe that's what a relationship in your 20s a good relationship should be nice and uncomplicated they get along on a nice level they don't seem to have any issues no he doesn't annoy her she doesn't annoy him they revel in each other's company they seem to be very united there was no issue with the sex thing and she loved doing the apartment out of the pound shop as we call it for the the apartment and dressing up the place like Fiji and all that yeah I would have been horrified if that was me but then again like (laughs) I'm in my 50s some of them seem to really pull a short straw in that they got stuck in the apartment and others seem to get out I don't think they, they got stuck in the apartment I think they chose to be in the apartment yeah. Yeah, I think they chose to be in the apartment. I think that's how they read the task. It okay. was to create a date night by staying in the apartment. It's interesting to see the ones who actually went out of the apartment. Sandy and Dan went out of the apartment. And Harrison. Leighton and Melinda went out of the apartment. Yeah. And they would be more two of the emotionally mature couples okay. that we discussed. Okay. Harrison went out of the apartment, but he did on his own. Right. Well, I think, yeah. But you have to realise the mechanics of all this. Camera crews have to be hired out. It's yeah, an maybe, OB, maybe so they didn't have a choice. That, yeah, that, maybe they didn't have a choice. That's clear. I, well, I just think they couldn't have all decided to go out because they wouldn't have that many units. Yeah, yeah, maybe so, so maybe so. But then again, they could have done different date nights. Ollie and Tani stayed in. They reminisced in relation to their honeymoon. Um, I think I, you'd have to give 10 out of 10 for effort. For oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did a lot. No, look, uh, yeah, he didn't spend an awful lot. He, he made a big effort. He did. And Tani was very impressed. Yeah, so, most And she gave him an A+. Plus. Mm, that's she it. Give, she gave him an A+, plus for effort. Happy wife, happy um, life. And they also seemed to use the bits and pieces in the goodie bag as well. <laughs> they did. And they, they talked did. about role play and they were getting really into that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I'll be a lawyer and I'll get you off. <laughs> I don't know about them. It's, there's something very innocent about them. I mean, I know they did all that and I'm sure, well, I don't know they did all that. I believe they did all that. But I you have no know. reason to doubt them, Hugh. Oh, like, there's something no very innocent. I don't know. We're getting old. They seem just like kids. Yeah, they do, actually. But as you said, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be in your 20s. Uh, completely uncomplicated and nice and pleasant. half and our age. Well, I they know. could be our kids. That's the thing. Oh, God. No, they couldn't. <laughs> anyway, Sandy and Dan, just get on to a moment. The other end of the spectrum. Here. They went to an Italian restaurant. That would yeah. probably be my ideal night. My idea day. <laughs> I just kind of get dressed up and go out and do I, something different. I have to say, it, it, it did. We kind of connected with the way they were connecting, didn't we? Yeah. So they spoke about really what they find attractive about each other, which I thought was really good. And mm. it was really kind of a really nice thing to do. That'd be something very us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and the cuisine and all of that. And they were dressed up to the nines. He looked very well. She looked very well. They were finding out more about each other. He was stating his intentions, as I remember, about how he wanted to find out more about her. She said she felt safe in his energy. Um, and that's, you know, again, very, very open sort of stuff. I have to give her 10 out of 10. Certainly what she's saying, what she's doing. 
and for we can him speak too, about, I think he's guiding in as well. Again, that degree of emotional maturity. They're just completely different couple. Um, we didn't get into any of the sex thing. We saw them hugging at one stage and it seems to be that's as far as they went. Yeah. So I think we're kind of, you know, acknowledging the fact that they haven't com- consummated their relationship. No. They haven't consummated their, their marriage. No. Look, that's fine. She had her she had her boundaries from day one and she was very clear about that. And he was also very clear that he was going to be patient about it. But I do think that they're building a deeper connection. I, I actually do think that there's something between those. Yeah. Unless they're the world's best actors and actresses. Oh, no, no. It was, it, it seemed very genuine. It was a very, very genuine scene. It was refreshing in that regard. Let's move on to Adam and Janelle. Okay, Adam and Janelle. So Adam and Janelle, we didn't really see much of them at all. We saw him giving her a foot massage for date night. The Sky Sweet Salon, he called it. Certainly on the surface, they get, they, they're getting on very well. And they seem to be, they seem to be getting on very well. Everyone now, just does seem to be on the surface. That's what I'm trying to say. I think they're both good actors and actresses. Yeah, in fairness, I think what they probably do is they have a gameplay. You know, they discuss it off camera. How are we going to handle this? How are we, how are we together going to come across as a permanent fixture? There's problems. There's underlying problems between them in that I think she does not trust him 100% by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. I don't know how much he's actually into her. I'm not too sure. About I don't that. think he's into her at all, to be honest with you. Do you not? No, okay. I, I don't. There's yeah. just something about his body language. I don't but know. They, get a, they can get along at a surface level and they can act the part. And that seems to be enough to get them through the experiment. For now. For now. For now. For now, yeah. Something something, drastic would would have to happen, I think, for those to to separate. You know, it'll be very interesting. So I can't see either of them getting emotionally attached to the other one. Did you notice, though, the way he was apologising while he was doing the foot rub before he even started? He was grovelling with his grovelling apology again. Again, yeah, he's apologising again. For what? Any woman in her right mind, if her husband starts to apologise and she doesn't know what he's apologising for, would go, what's all this about? Yeah, absolutely. Hang on for a second. Is there, did you do something else? Yeah. Because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you give me an apology, I'm going to let it down. I'm going to let it lie. Mm. You know, I've made peace with it um, or I'm not, but I'm going to take it up at the time. So there's, there's something off about that. There's something disingenuous about the whole thing. Disingenuous was the sexy photo shoot that they did. <laughs> Again, they were, I think they were really into taking those photographs for their Instagram. Yeah. You know, to increase their following on their yeah. Instagram. That's not because of each other. You know, not because they thought it was sexy or whatever else for their Instagram. We don't buy them. No, not at all. Not at all. So we're going to move on from we them. don't buy them. Oh, God. Shannon and Caitlin. Shannon and Caitlin. Last, but by no means least. Shannon and Caitlin. What the actual... I I have to say it was the hardest scene I've ever watched in maths. Seeing her out on the lifts, so upset after he told her that if she was better looking and if she had blown him away, then he wouldn't be thinking about his ex. In other words, it was all her fault. And I really did question, I have to say, Linda, watching the programme at all. I, I sort of questioned myself. I said, I'm looking in on somebody else's misery for entertainment. Now, the only redeeming feature in it was that it, within a few minutes, she went back in, she kind of cleaned herself up and she went back in and she confronted him. And she basically gave him both barrels. But his attitude, it it was lost on him, Hugh. He's not intelligent or mature enough to even acknowledge that he had hurt her and listen to what she had to say. He just, he was like a stroppy teenager. You see, a lot of people can be unintelligent, but they can have some degree of empathy for another human being. He has neither. He doesn't have that, Linda. He's just nasty. He's He's nasty. He's an empty shell. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's, He's arrogant. He's just, he's obnoxious. I just... 
he's a horrible, horrible person. And I just think it's wrong again. I did feel some sympathy, though, for, for Caitlin during that. And I felt sympathy for her last week. And I really felt that she was in it for the right reasons. Um, But unfortunately, again, I'm going to say about Caitlin what I said about Bronte. What you allow will continue. Now, when I said she redeemed herself and redeemed, the programme redeemed her, itself when she went back in and confronted him. When she did that, walked out of the apartment, had her bags packed and slammed the door. Again, I said to myself, well, she's going, she's leaving him. This is it. Then I see the promo for the following night and she's still there and she's at the dinner party and she's still taking part. Yeah, no, in fairness now, I probably wouldn't have left the programme. I would have had my say on the couch. I would have waited until I got to the couch and I would have had my say and I would have waited to hear what the experts say and then I would have written leave. I wouldn't have just stormed out. I would have had to have some sort of a resolution. I would have had to witness him getting his balls handed to him in a place. But she's going in the car and she's saying, well, if he apologises tonight, it'll all be grand again. That's what I can't get my head around. That's what I can't get my head around. You know, she ha- he made crap of her. She had her say. She fought back a little bit, said she wasn't going to take this crap. And guess what? She took the crap. Exactly. She wants to break the cycle. And guess what? She didn't break the cycle. Yeah, she's just continuing the cycle all over again. So, you know, I think I think Caitlin really does need help. Mm-hmm. I think he, forget about him. He's just, he's just lost cause. He shouldn't be on the show. He should be booted off the show. At this point, you're probably saying to yourself, they're not mentioning much about the dinner party. My view of the dinner party is this. I don't think a dinner party was ever hijacked by two such empty stories in all the time. There was virtually nothing to say about the dinner party other than these two stories. One of them is a total joke. The one about Shannon being out with a woman and a, and a child. Joke. Again, I was expecting Lyndall. I, I, I thought you might redeem yourself and have actually some juicy gossip huh. for me. Like, I really did. Not and a hope. The fact that she was falling out with Cameron over it. You know, we actually never discussed Lyndall and, Ca- Lyndall and Cameron. Oh, we didn't discuss Lyndall and Cameron. Now, yeah. okay, let's discuss Lynd- Lyndall and Ca- Cameron. I think a little more of Cameron is starting to slip out. Cameron is more of a bio than we realise. He's one of the lads. He's probably working in very male environments over the years as well, too. And I get that vibe, too, about the lads. The lads are a lot more together, I think, than the girls, to be honest with you. And the lads seem to be going out for a few drinks on their own. They seem to be sticking together a bit more in that they're not as horrified as a group because generally groups before have been more in couples that they're more horrified when scandals break out. I'm not getting as much of a vibe in this series. I think they're genuinely horrified, but they're very quick to forgive. So, you know, I think the lads are a lot quicker to forgive than the, than the women are. Yeah. Back to Cameron. I, I get the vibe that there's more going on. She's very independent and she wants to do and stick by her principles. And he finds that harder to deal with than we'd expect. Yeah, I, I do think he is having a problem with, with Lyndall sticking by her principles and having her say and being herself. But I don't take on board what you're saying about something more to him. I'd be very surprised if there's anything more okay. to him. I actually do think he's just kind of a, a country lad. Yeah, he's a bit of a boy. But again, he's in his 20s. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, so. He, he is he's, still in that bonding thing. But he's been very good. He's been very understanding to to um, Lyndall. And, you know, he, he did say, you're here for me. I'm here for you. We're supposed to be here for each other. Doesn't want to get involved in drama. So I can kind okay. of appreciate that as well. Okay, granted. Lyndall, however, 
as you rightly say, it was he laid it on the line that he really didn't think she should do it. Now, you'd think she would go and she would talk to a few people and she would find out, first of all, what age this child was. The child that she saw was 12 and Shannon's child is four. Yeah, but it didn't matter. It was it was grasping at straws. It was clutching at straws. It was something to talk about at the dinner party. It was something for the producers to bring up and, you know, make a big deal of in the promo for the dinner party. Obviously, it was just an utter disaster. It fell flat in its face and it left Shannon away with everything. And Shannon says about that he's Mr. Teflon. Teflon, yeah. Nothing sticks. (laughs) Um, But no, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And he's kind of reveling in the fact that he is Mr. Teflon and nothing is sticking. Right. That was really all to be said about that. It didn't really affect anybody. Linda looked like a bit of a fool. Whether there's any fallout for their relationship, Cameron and Lindell's relationship, we shall see. Mm. Okay, that's about it. The other story, again, was wrong. Dan was innocent. Yeah. Free the Dan won. And Sandy's reaction. What about Sandy's reaction? Completely overreacted. Like, what exactly was she reacting to? The fact that her husband went out to a bar and didn't give somebody his phone number. Hmm. Like, I just, and her, she walked off, she stormed off, and then what? Then what? She never came back. Nobody went after her. Like, you know, in the past, we would have seen people storming off from dinner parties, but you'd always have at least one person jumping up from the table and going off to see how they are. Yeah. And you'd have the cameras on them, and you'd see them outside crying, and I'm not going back in there, or I am going to go back in there, whatever the case may be. Nothing. We saw nothing. She literally got up and walked off. Couldn't deal with it. The whole thing was very weird. Dan didn't exactly go running after her. Dan didn't check that she was there or again we didn't see any of those scenes Dan didn't react much to the fact that he had been thrown under the bus by Harrison you see I think Dan is just processing it all I think Dan is the sort of person who will engage his brain before he opens his mouth so mm-hmm. I think he's the one who's doing what Lyndall should have done he's going to get all of the information in the background before he actually has a say yeah you know yeah. I don't think he he felt he was ready to confront Harrison he was still piecing together bits of information and once he has it all hopefully he'll give him it with both barrels yeah it's going to be very interesting because again we just haven't seen an awful lot of Dan and Sandy they've been hidden away we don't feel like we know them very well I've said this before despite again Sandy's been talking about an issue rather than whore uh, Dan has been a lovely guy. He has. He's been very supportive, very patient. He's, he does everything, you know, you get everything that it says in the tin. Okay. We know about Dan in relation to Sandy, but we really don't know much about Dan in relation to Dan. Yeah. Dan, Dan. True. We know Dan with Sandy, but we don't know Dan, Dan. So mm. I want to get to know some more of Dan, Dan, and I want to know how he is and how he feels about this. Well, hopefully we'll get to see that um, when they sit in the cage because it does look again as if he's going to confront Harrison about it or something's going to be said. It's going to be addressed in some way um, on Sunday night on the couch. So I'm looking forward to it. What we saw with Harrison, if we did learn something with Harrison, is that Harrison's behaviour is not limited to women. He broke bro code. Oh, Jesus, absolutely. And really, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the other guys are going to react to that. Mm. Is Dan enough of one of the lads? I think he sa- is by the sound of things. He was certainly out for the drink and he was with Harrison and whatever, so he sounds like he is. I, I, it's irrelevant whether Dan is enough of, of a lad because I'm, if, if any of the other guys have any sense, they're sitting back thinking, hang on for a second. If he can do that to Dan, he yeah. can do it to me. Oh, yeah. You know, he is out for himself 100%. He is a liar. There's nothing else. It's I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all. He's a liar. Yeah. And <laughs> he's a liar. He's a narcissist. 
He gaslights women and men, obviously. Oh, well, he was trying to gaslight the whole lot of them at the table. He was trying to gaslight about six of them all at the same time. Yeah, and he actually thought he'd succeed. That's <laughs> the thing. Like, you know, he, in his brain, he was thinking, OK, I'm going to get out of this. I mean, don't get me wrong. For that alone, the, the dinner party was worth watching. And it was great TV. But it wasn't the dinner party that we would know, where there's nice little subtle things going on. And we find out about lots of the different couples and how they react in a social situation. I feel that was all squandered. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. But at the same time, just sorry, getting back to Harrison, because it's still in my train of thought. You know, I know you thought that Bronte might say leave and you've discussed this yeah. and he might say stay um, on the couch just for the drama. I really, I really hope that both of them say stay. I really hope they stay in because yeah. the drama and the entertainment that I get from the two of them. Like most of the time, I'm kind of <sighs> covering my, my eyes and kind of peeping through my fingers because it's just unbelievable what's happening it's actually it's embarrassing I find it embarrassing um, what's happening on screen but at the same time it is a bit of drama and it's given us lots to talk about and lots to argue about and become passionate about our listeners will know that for about three four podcasts now we've introduced Harrison and Bronte and we've gone oh we don't want to be talking about these guys and then we do for 15 and then minutes we do for 15. that's what I mean that's exactly what I mean we love to hate them yeah and I think Shannon will or Shannon will definitely go this week there's no way he can stay after that there's just not a hope not after his behaviour I, no. I think I think what's going to happen what, what I will hear I, I don't know for definite but my gut instinct at this point is that he will say stay she will vote leave but the judges will or the judges the uh, experts will say look you can leave Caitlin because Shannon you're not continuing in the experiment my gut is that the exact same thing is going to happen with Harrison and Bronte as well let's see what happens no I think Harrison and Bronte will stay I think Caitlin will say stay because again Caitlin I hate to break it to you darling but you're not going to break any cycle you're not ready to break any cycle you need some serious help you need some serious work on yourself you need to be a stronger person you need to believe in yourself you need to stop taking this kind of crap from insignificant insecure narcissistic men and you need to have the courage of your convictions you gave a good speech now you need to stick by your guns don't be putting yourself through that leave just leave it's not worth it Mm. well whichever way once again we cannot wait till sunday I know, I'm so looking forward to it, I have to say. I just, this break, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I mean, I don't know what to be doing with my time. Honest to God, like, I'm just, it's, I'm wishing my life away. And who wishes their weekends away? That's just not right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. It's a shame we're so busy on Thursdays. We don't get to record the podcast on a Thursday. We have to wait till Friday to, to, to do it. But then I suppose it shortens the gap till Sunday. We're still reeling from the shock, you and yeah, come on, be I honest know. about it. We're still trying to process it all and take it in and, and formulate thoughts on it before we can actually talk about it i know i know we shall be recording a podcast on sunday for the commitment ceremony can't wait uh, to put it out and uh, to be with you guys again and be in your ears email us you're more than welcome to do so till then we're going to say bye bye take care everybody keep watching maps guys and we'll talk to you soon before you go just a quick request Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on indicastreality at gmail.com. Indicastreality at gmail.com.